2: You're listening to The College Loop,
0: your number one podcast for Auburn sports. Talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday,
2: Thursday, and Sunday.
0: On today's installment of The College Loop, we've got a jam-packed show starting with the big question. Is the University of North Texas Auburn University's feeder school? It's possible. We're going to discuss it today. We're also going to take your questions, questions with all of our fans. You guys brought some brought the heat. You really did. And we had a lot of fun answering those. Then we've got Who's in their bag with Colin Byersdorf, Bagman himself. He'll tell you who's on Bag Watch for this weekend, who was in their bag this past week, in Auburn Athletics. Then we'll talk a little bit about Jani Broom, what his success at the G League camp has said about Auburn basketball. Then we'll talk Auburn baseball and softball. Baseball rounding out their season against Missouri this weekend and softball heading to their regional in Clemson and what could be the Maddie Pence Revenge Weekend. This is a jam-packed show. It's a fun one. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You're listening to The College Loop.
1: Hey, you know what to do you grow. You know was right? 19, 16. I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean. but We're somewhere in that ballpark.
0: It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode sixty-three of the College Loop Podcast. Uh, no Daniel today, but Harrison Tar is here after his uh, great concert he went to last night. From what I from what I understand, went to go see Zach Bryan.
0: Yeah, man, got to go see Zach Bryan in Atlanta. And I'm telling you, if if you've heard the hype about him in concert, it's real. Uh, and, and he's spectacular, really brought the house down. No motorcycle drive-by, but that's okay. I'm not holding grudges. But, uh, yeah, no, incredible experience. Happy to be back in the loop. Happy to be talking to Auburn Ball and, and, and really pumped up. And, and proud of our intern, Colin, for pressing the, the record button. I'm really, really proud <laughs> of him. He's doing a great job. And, uh, no, we're, we're loving having him on board. Um, Byersdorf, back, a.k.a. Bagman. Is, is doing a great job um, in, in in the behind-the-scenes work. Let's get right in to Auburn football. All right, let's, oh, yeah. let's talk. So North Texas, um, which is, is is UNT, right? That's, the, that's their acronym. UNT, um, yes. UNT, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but in my mind, that's just really funny. My brain doesn't work the right way it should. So anyways, I think that you've heard of AUM, Auburn University at Montgomery. Have you ever heard of AU? UNT. Auburn University at University of North Texas. Because I think I think this must be inherently a thing now. Two guys, not one, but two, have transferred into the Auburn program. That would be Jair Shorter and Larry Nixon. I pronounced Jair's name correctly, correct? I yes,
2: Jair Shorter and Larry Nixon the third. Can't forget yeah, those nip, extra Dude. Eyes in the
0: back of his jersey. Good. Hot take, by the way. Like when people, this isn't applied to the third as much as the second, but when people go by the second instead of junior, so hard. Like that is that is an incredible way to uh, refer to yourself. First off, Dylan, uh, you're, you're, you're Mr. Tank talks football himself. So I'm going to have you break these guys down for you. Um, and we're going to start with Jair Shorter, uh, a 6'2, 218 uh, wide receiver. And his in 2022, I'll let you kind of take it from there and talk to, talk to me about what he's done. Uh, at North Texas and what he brings to the table in this Auburn offense. Now we know likely led by Peyton Thorne and, and what that looks like.
2: Yeah. Real great uh, addition to this wide receiver core. The third wide receiver that Auburn has added to uh, the team from the transfer portal this off season. and possibly one more on the way. Uh, Montana Moniz Craig is still up in the air on whether he, on where he's going to go, but it would be humongous. Uh, if you will, if he were to come to the Auburn Tigers, especially with that name. Again, I'm telling you, I might buy his jersey if he comes to the Tigers. <laughs> I might. That's a dope name. Uh, but yeah, uh, what we saw from Jair Shorter and all this stuff, dude knows how to score touchdowns. Uh, he led the team in scoring last year, and it wasn't directly close. I think he had 11 He had 11 touchdowns, and uh, I think the next closest guy had like four. Uh, and he didn't even lose the team in receiving yards. He was like 50 yards short of that. Uh, so what we're getting is a guy who can score. Uh, so that's something Auburn desperately needed coming from last year. A guy who I don't know how he compares to Nick Martiner right away. Uh, it, both these North Texas guys, it was very hard to find any film on them. I mean, my film on Larry Nixon right now was just what I was going off of from, I believe, a 2016 hype video. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he has matured as a player since since 2016. So fingers crossed for that. But, yeah, uh, Jair Shorter, a guy who can score, a guy who's going to be more – I think he's more of a speedy threat. Uh, six, and at six 6'2", he's going to be your go-up and high point of ball as well. So, I, I think we're seeing a greater influx of talent coming in through this wide receiver core. And I think Jair Shorter is going to be one of the more underrated wide receivers in 2023 for the Auburn Tigers.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, before before we continue this, this conversation about North Texas transfers, this should put Auburn at net even for transfers in, transfers out, correct?
2: Uh, I believe so. I can go look. I'm going to pull that up. real I quick. Think as
0: of, I think as of Sunday last week. Uh, I think
2: it was seven. I think it was 19 to 17. I think
0: it was set, set 17 into 19 out. So I believe that this is net even for Auburn, which is <laughs> tremendous.
2: Which is wild thing about because I don't think anyone just like does that normally. Uh, that's not something you usually hear whenever that as the transport will become more prevalent in today's sport. And I mean, going through uh, if you look at the SEC, LSU's lost 20, brought in 12. Arkansas has lost 29. Uh, this was as of uh, four days ago, so it might have changed. But 29 to 14 brought in. Ole Miss 33 to 18. 26 to 11 for Florida. 19 for 9 for Kentucky. 16 for 10 for South Carolina. 16 for 8 for Tennessee. 31 to 12 for Texas A&M. 23 to 8 for Missouri. 23 to 11 for Mississippi State. 20 to 4 for Alabama. 15 to 3 for Georgia. And 12 to 2 for Vanderbilt.
0: Those uh, those numbers make sense. Yeah, <laughs> those uh, those numbers. But this was opera back at net even, which is tremendous uh, in terms of roster retention and an immediate impact re- reconstruction. You talked about it last show, Don, about so much of this instant turnaround that we've seen as of late from 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 coaches. Uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin comes to mind when, when he first took the reins at Ole Miss. I mean, that's probably example a right. It is so so important to make sure that you are at least in the rough ballpark, and Auburn's already there about being in the ballpark of, of making sure that you've got the same amount of guys um, that you started with, even if it's completely different uh, faces. And and I think in large this was all roster improvements for Auburn, or at least addressing positions of need. Speaking of positions of need, Auburn going out and getting a linebacker also from North Texas. I feel like that's the buzzword for today. <laughs> linebacker Larry Nixon the third, six two 236. and Talk to me a little bit about the, about him, Dylan, and about how he can help this linebacker core because Gosh knows that they need it.
2: Yeah, so I'm trying to pull up the uh, Auburn linebacker core as it stands right now, which, to my knowledge, the one only one I like to talk about is Robert Woodyard. And after that, it's like, uh mm, oof.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: So Larry Nixon, for what I could find uh, of watching him, and based on his stats, I can kind of assume this, uh, not really your... Uh, like pass coverage threat, uh, you can kind of get that because of the weight uh, at no. two two thirty six at six two, a little bit of a bigger guy, and with the one sack, uh, I'd have to go look through PFF and see if how many hurries he probably had, but he doesn't seem like much of a pass rusher. So from what I'm seeing, I think he's more of a run stuffer, which Auburn desperately would need as a linebacker. If we, saw, if we saw from last season, the only linebacker Auburn really had that could make tackles was Owen Papo, and uh, he got drafted. He's no longer with the team. Uh, Tar has his jersey, which I'm surprised he's not worn on the show yet. You know, uh, I should have worn
0: it, yes. Uh, <laughs> I guess on the Tuesday show. I should have worn that. I can riff and you'll grab it. No, that's okay. <laughs> All
2: right, Ward. But, yeah, you, you get a guy who I don't know if he's going to start. Uh, it just depends on how the linebacker core develops throughout the summer, and God knows that they need to, uh, especially Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley, who have been on this team for about, a decade and a half at this point uh, desperately need to actually step up and uh, turn to the linebackers. We know they can be, but with uh, Larry Nixon coming in, you get a guy who can plug in to gaps that desperately need it. I mean, we talk about how great this line, this defensive line is. It's a question mark because I mean, they played pretty well in the eight a game and we can assume they're going to play pretty well, but it really gives you a fifth def- or a third defensive tackle in yes. a four man front because you get a guy who you can plug in next to one of the into the guards in the B-gap and it gets tough to run. And for some of the teams in this in this league, in the SEC, a few of the teams can damage your defense by running the ball. Two that come to mind are off the bat. Arkansas with Raheem Sanders, also known as Rocket Sanders, and Ole Miss with Quinshawn Judkins. And if you know Georgia, they're going to run the ball and it doesn't matter who's in the backfield. They have an offensive line made of gold. So they are not going... To stop <laughs> or offensive not gonna stop line that.
0: made of steel <laughs>
2: yeah My yeah fact, and, gold and, is, gold's chemical symbol is au so uh,
0: there you go A little 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 shame, shameless uh nerd brag there from from dylan lark also george has always got a talented backfield that's oh, always bit. but another i guess to, to bring this full circle and put a nice little bow on this first off a rare double yahtzee i don't think i've ever done that playing yahtzee before um so that's cool um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but a double Yahtzee for for Hugh Freeze and company, and also, man, I, I've been impressed time and time again. And 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 a lot of people, if if you know me personally, uh, you, you know my kind of outlook on this whole situation. When Hugh Freeze was named head coach at Auburn, I was a skeptic. Uh, I, I did I did say kind of from the jump that I did think he was going to wind up winning a good amount of football games at Auburn. His ability to come in and immediately address positions of need has been so refreshing for Auburn fans. And, and something that has been so desperately missed uh, over, over almost a half decade now. And if this is signs of things to come, I mean, sky's the limit for, for not just on field production, which is ultimately the goal, right? But in terms of continued success in the portal in years to come, because I mean, this is the world of college football in which we operate now, that it is essentially free agency. That is not me talking down on it. I'm a huge proponent of NIL. If you know me, uh, you, you know, that's absolutely true. And I have been for a long time. But this is the world of college football now, so and in college athletics for that matter, uh, about can you be the most enticing destination for a, a essentially a free agent co- co- collegiate athlete? And, and Hugh Freeze and company are, are proving early that without ever coaching a snap of regulation SEC football, it, it, I'm sorry, un, at Auburn. I mean, he has done this at Ole Miss before, but you know what I mean at Auburn. That they are a place with a clear vision, something I don't think the, ten, the, the administration beforehand, and I don't even want to drop the name, uh, ever, ever really had. And I, I think that the Malzahn administration may have lost going toward the end of, of, of his tenure at Auburn. And I don't know how much that's Malzahn's fault. I'm not going on that tangent today. I've already defended Kevin Steele once in the past week, which I think people would probably side with me a little more about Malzahn. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> put, put a nice little bow on things. I think this has been a tremendously successful portal period. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, all things considered, you went out and got your quarterback, and now you're addressing. You're continuing to address positions of need, whether that be uh, in the trenches or that front seven places that people are skeptic about. No one in their right mind is worried about this DB core. Uh The wide receiver room certainly needed some help. The, the running the running back room was solid. There are pieces now that, that you can start having conversations like we had on the Tuesday show. Could Could Auburn be that that LSU uh, under uh, under year one of Brian Kelly? So.
2: And I would like to point out, I I don't, I think if you bring in, I, I think from what we know, one or two more of the guys that we are trying to, that Auburn is actively trying to recruit. If you can go into the, into this upcoming season, picking up more than you lost to the portal. Huge. I think it defies any other argument as to who won the off season because it's the Auburn Tigers. If you bring in, if you bring in the transfer portal talent that you lost, and at some point, you definitely upgraded at, at most at most positions, I would say. Or at least all positions, depending on... Uh, I think every position. Every, every position,
0: position of need. Every, I'll leave it at that. I think that's a good way to put it. You yep. upgraded at every position of need. You got better everywhere that you needed to get better.
2: I think that pretty much puts all hush. It shuts up all the haters. Because I think what we've seen, Hugh Freeze has already out-recruited uh, at least the last four years of coaches. I don't want to say he's out recruited what Gus Malzahn has did at Auburn because I think at early I'm not, points. I'm, of the I'm not ready. To, era, I'm not
0: ready to go there yet.
2: Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'm yeah. just saying at the I'm early. With, part I'm, I'm the on your Gus, side. I'm on your on, side on the early part of the Gus Malzahn era. He was an excellent recruiter, but as we saw, he did not know how to develop the talent. And then at the end of the road, it was not the best recruiting classes from Gus Malzahn that we've seen.
0: And hey, look to put an asterisk next to it. We don't know about talent development yet. We don't know under Q Freeze uh, at, at Auburn and how that's going to pan out. But I'm, I'm with you. Uh, on that front about I, I do think that Auburn was a quiet winner um, in, in, in in the, the offseason and in, in the transfer portal period rather because not a lot of people are talking about it a lot of people are counting Auburn down and out I'm not saying I think they're a national championship contender you know you guys know me and 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 you, and you guys should know better if you're routine listeners of the show than that I'm going to come on here and sunshine pump because I'm, I'll be the first one to be critical of Auburn football Dylan's got to be here to keep me in check about Auburn basketball <laughs> It's, it's the circle of life, right, the balance, the checks and balances. But I think Auburn was a quiet winner, and I think a lot of people didn't really realize the moves that Auburn made this off outside of Auburn's the Auburn sphere. and and I'll be very interested to see I, I, do, I do think it'll pay some dividends uh, this this fall. and I, I' like you said, I don't know that the job's finished. We we're not you know, this isn't the episode where we're giving out our our offseason grades yet. we're, we're not there yet because this portal period's still open. Uh, closing soon, but still open
1: i mean and, you can't uh, you
2: can't enter, you can't enter the portal anymore so i think it's worth mentioning that we we could give a grade but i feel okay. like that's gonna be that'd have to be like a whole like conversation in of itself that'd be you a whole can't, like, title you can't of an en- episode
0: you can't enter the portal anymore but i i until things get really quiet <laughs> i'm not yeah. ready to give uh, to give grades out just yet all that to to say uh, this is these were two great pickups i think for auburn i think you and i both agree that uh, with that oh for sure let's get over to some fan questions it's bizarre that I can say the word fan. And let's bring our intern Colin Byersdorf onto the show and let's see if he can pull himself on. There he is. And hey Colin, what's up, man?
1: What's up? What's up, y'all?
0: Yeah, good. Good good to see you again, buddy. It's been it's been 14 minutes yeah. since I talked to you last. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's no, cool. it's been it's been lonely.
0: I know, I know you've been lonely. Um have we have we been dragging it out too bad? How are we doing?
1: I think you're doing great. You're doing uh-huh. great. <laughs> great. That's but good. uh I do have some fan check. questions here. Yeah, let's hear hear Well. Yeah, so first one sticks on football. It's um from W Joe Todd off of YouTube. Um, if we win at LSU uh, is Brian Harson still our head coach. So if we win that LSU game is Brian Harson still our head coach.
0: That's a tough one. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's an interesting perspective because if you look at where that LSU game was placed in, 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 in the season last year, it does submit a, an interesting question. If you, Close out the game the way you started the game. I think that, honestly, that has a lot to do with it, right? And because Auburn actually played pretty well that first half. And then the second half, you just decided not to score touchdowns. I, I, I don't know that it makes a ton of a difference. I think that uh, – I'm not going to take all of Dylan's talking points away from here, but I think there were other games that would have meant a little bit more to, to saving uh, Brian Harsin's tenure. But I, in my opinion, by the LSU game, uh, Brian Harsin was a dead man walking. So uh, that's, that's actually it's mind blowing that he made it all the way to Arkansas.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, And, and that's, I, that's probably sound overkill. but That's just kind of where I stand on this. Dylan, your thoughts.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm looking at the previous schedules. And at that point in the season, LSU was unranked three and one going into that game with the loss to Florida state and that outstanding week one game. I don't know if y'all were able to watch the
0: nominal game.
2: It was awesome. Uh, But looking at that, I, I gotta agree with you. I think, Brian Hartz was already a dead man walking after he let Penn State uh, manhandle Jordan Stadium and just absolutely bull rushed the crap out of him. But from what I see, at the the next very next week after Auburn in hypothetical world, would have beaten LSU, got 42 to 10 against Georgia, 48 34 against Ole Miss, 41 27 against Arkansas, and then Brian Hartz got fired. I don't think beating an unranked LSU, it's always a great. It's always great when you beat LSU. It's always tremendous to your team's morale and whatnot. But at that moment in time, Auburn fans were still upset, rightfully so, about the previous two games, Uh, Penn State and the Missouri game where uh, Auburn got lucky. Uh, That running back fumbled into the end zone. I don't think beating LSU would have gotten him. If you beat Alabama, it's different. If you beat Georgia, it's different.
0: It, I'll t- I'll tell you this too, just a little side flavor note. I know no one, nobody asked this, and Colin, this is getting a little little away from the question. But if Brian Harson wins that Iron Bowl in his first year, he's still the head coach right now. Uh, that's a fact. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm I'm too crazy saying that. I don't, I don't think he, you can can a coach the year after he wins an Iron Bowl uh, nope. in his first year of tenure. So, uh,
2: guess Manz's career got extended because of that 2019 and 2017 years. Hundred percent correct. Go, going into both those seasons, it was an idea. Will this be the last year under Gus Mazan if he can't beat Alabama? Twenty seventeen beats Alabama and gets extended. Twenty eighteen loses. And I think that was twenty eighteen a, a bad a bad beat down by Alabama. Oh
0: yeah, it was it was an absolute smoke.
2: I, I try to ignore that and think about the twenty seventeen and it was fifty two twenty one. Yeah, that's yeah that's not good. Uh, it doesn't help when you have Boobie Whitlow at running back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're As you're watching
0: to, this, Boobie Whitlow fumbled again.
2: Yeah, and he had to do fifty foot <sighs> ups uh, and then you go into 2018, and loses to Alabama, and loses by almost 30 points. 2019, if Gus Malzahn can't beat Alabama, this is his last year as Auburn head football coach, beat Alabama in 2019. Then you go into 2020, which ultimately was his last year as head coach. And if if Brian Harson I think this is one of the only Iron Bowls in in the memory I've have being alive and being an Auburn fan, where I am okay with the outcome of the 2020 <laughs> Iron Bowl because it means 2021. 2021, was it 2021?
0: Yeah, 2021 was the first year under Brian Harson. Oh, that's
2: right, yeah. Uh, 2020 2022 is, also... is the
0: last year under Brian <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> I that we had a Brian Harson. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, it hurts. It hurt. It, I cried a little bit losing to Alabama in four overtimes. But hindsight's 2020, and it's 2023. 20, uh, <laughs> I'm okay with Auburn losing the 2020 Iron Bowl, 2021 Iron Bowl, sorry. Because it means that Auburn is doing what they're doing right now. And, I mean, it's all hypothetical if this team is actually going to be a 10-win team, 9-win team. But I'm okay with it. And I think that, yeah, if you win the LSU game, Harson is not going to be your head coach still because you're still going to be losing to Georgia, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. And hopefully that means you still get the Cadillac things with just a little bit more of a little braggadocious thing. But you also get a bowl game at that point.
0: That – I'm glad you mentioned the, the Cadillac bit before, Colin. us the next question. Uh, that's just so everyone, please buy it into that. I want a question about what would have happened if Ca- Cadillac Williams would have been the he- uh, the interim head coach earlier in the season. I want to talk about it really. <laughs> that's that's a that's a, that a dead period oh. <laughs> episode right there. <laughs> but but we're, we're, and, and that's coming. That's coming because I've oh, got yeah. a whole like the, uh, spreadsheet of how that could work. All right, Colin. And as you
1: know we we're a Cadillac fan base over here.
0: Oh yeah, Colin. Would would Brian Harsin still be the head coach if if Auburn wins that LSU game?
1: Uh, no, not at the end of the season. I think, you know, he might've lasted a a game or two, but no, he was never gonna, gonna make the whole way out. I I think, like you said, if he won the iron bowl, I think you give him, I think you give him two iron bowls. I think he gets to prove himself a second time, but that's about it. And get his ass handed to him in the second one. All right. Next question. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters
1: to get started. All right. So I got the next question from you. It comes from Gracie Sky, Walker Girl 14. Um, it's Why would Aisha leave Aisha Kulabali? Why is she entering the transfer portal?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Talking women's hoops. Love it. Love a women's hoops question. Uh, so, uh, Dylan, you want to fill this one? Or you want me to?
2: Uh, I think you got a little bit more of an idea about this one than I do. <laughs> so, Gr- Gracie, uh, I, I,
0: I, this is. There's no easy way to put this. Aisha school Bali's a fantastic basketball player, and and we talk about it a lot on on here about her her. Impressive abilities to be just a double double machine. Ice Koulibaly also has one of the most piss poor work ethics you've ever you'll ever see, and I know that's that's pretty harsh for me to say of someone that I've not you know personally met outside of the sphere of a, of a, of, a, of a press conference. From all accounts, she and Coach Coach Jay, or maybe piss poor is not the right word for the work ethic. Their her work ethic and Coach Jay's work ethic did not mesh, um, and and ultimately, sometimes you got to tear down the wall um, in order to build it higher. And 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 unfortunately, uh, it was not something that Coach Jay and and Kulabali Bali appear uh, seemingly uh, could could find some common ground on, and that, that's just kind of it's it's not necessarily widely known. And I'm not saying I, I have I have you know I guess inside scoop as much as it was pretty visible on the court. Uh, they they did not get along. Uh, on on the court it was, it was if, if you watched the, the court side antics it, it, it did not seem that they meshed very well in year two year one they seemed fine year two it seemed that that there was just something off there and and some at some point you just got to kind of clean house because ac ultimately was a terry williams uh, uh recruit and, and sometimes that's just kind of the way things shake out so that's that would be why i should in my opinion why she would leave um i don't know that she was the biggest team player either I don't. I think that there were some situations, and I never want to comment on injuries, but I think there were some situations that she could have played and she opted not to. And and so the South Carolina game this year really kind of grinds my gears uh, when you have the opportunity to play spoiler to a number one team in the country. And, and granted, Auburn wasn't going to win that game, but real competitors want to be in games like that, even if they're on the on the worst team, worst team in the worst division, whatever. And Auburn wasn't. Auburn was the middle of the road, an SEC team this past year, or, or almost middle of the road. That's a huge success real competitors want, want the ball in their hands uh, when they're playing the best competition. And, and that, that kind of set, set the tune uh, and the tone rather for, for the remainder of the season. Colin, what else you got for me? Or for uh, us?
1: That's it. That's all the questions that we have.
0: Is it? That's unfortunate. I believe so. <laughs> Dylan, you good?
1: Yeah,
2: I was going to, I was going to wonder if you want to do it in his bag with Byers door for a quick before we oh, yeah. him down to the oh. underbelly.
0: Oh yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and do in his bag. In his bag. In his bag with.
1: Byersdorf.
0: All right, Colin. Which Auburn athletes in his or her bag this week? As okay. of the Thursday installment of the show.
1: Okay, as of the Thursday installment of this show, I'm going to say Brendan Valdez is in his bag. Okay. He as of as of Tuesday, he set the Auburn single season school record for most rounds uh, under 70. In a single season with 15, so he's had 15 rounds this season, shooting 60 or below—not 60 or wow. below, 69 or below—and nice. then, um, nice. so and then on Wednesday, he um, he and the Tigers finished first in the regional hosted here in Auburn, and they'll be moving on to the NCAA championships in a couple weeks.
0: So Auburn men's golf in
1: their bag. Yeah, Auburn men's golf is in their bag.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I uh, that's that that's fantastic. Anyone on bagwatch this weekend?
1: On bagwatch this weekend? Um, probably the Auburn baseball team trying to finish the season out strong with Missouri.
0: I was thinking maybe Maddie Penta.
1: Maybe Maddie Penta?
0: I mean, this is uh, a, big a little bit of, a little bit of
1: anger? Yeah.
0: I would not I want know. to be at the we... plate for the Maddie Penta revenge tour.
1: No. no. Mm. Those those poor girls of Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> And, or are anyone else about to learn they're, something? They're,
0: they're about to they're about to mess around and find out.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Colin, um you're banished, but thank you.
2: All right. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Have thank fun, you. Colin. Have fun and enjoy the show while you while show. you sit down there. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> Bagman Byersdorf, everyone. uh Thank you guys for joining us with uh, for in his bag with Byersdorf. Hope you guys liked our little jingle. If you hated it, I don't care. I don't care. At all. <laughs> um, so we're all uh, about expect,
2: expect like a 70 style intro theme coming up soon for that because that that's it's too funny
0: yes Um uh, yes absolutely okay let's go back to what the individual that actually kind of sparked this whole in his bag with buyer's dwarf let's talk men to for a second let's talk tonight Broom. bro chill out like <laughs> you need to calm down for a second and not in 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 not be posting these kind of numbers because Auburn really, really needs you back. Another 20.11 rebound appearance for, for Jani Broome. Dude, pump the brakes. Come back. Come back. I'm telling you. Uh, actually, I, I, I don't necessarily know that's the truth at this point. I, maybe maybe schematically Jani Broome wasn't, wasn't a fit well in Auburn. I have a question about this, Dylan, that I'd be interested to get your thoughts on. Um, and – I kind of posed this uh, right before we hopped on the show, because I I think that this is an interesting concept. Is Jani Broom's success in this G League camp and and, and in earning uh, an NBA combine invite, is that more of a testament to how strong the state of Auburn basketball is? Or a testament to, wow, maybe he was misused last year and that might not have been the state that we need, Auburn fans need Auburn basketball to be
2: in? Uh, I... I think it's more on the positive side of things, because uh, I mean, maybe maybe Jani Broome Broom just had a couple of bad games. Maybe it was just that he just had a couple of bad games in a row, and but he we saw what he did in the tournament. Uh, I think he was used properly for what it, for what it's worth. Sure. Uh, I think ultimately, it was probably because Auburn didn't trust the fives that we had on the on the team. I, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I would love it if Dylan Cardwell sat down this entire summer and said to himself, you know what? I'm gonna be good <laughs> for the entire season's worth. And now, put Dylan up...
0: Cardwell's is is, is is by all college basketball standards, he is good. I would like for yes. Colin uh for, for actually I always said Colin, I was Still thinking about Bagman. sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'd love for Dylan to sit down and say, I'm going to take that next step because we're waiting for him to take that next step. And we and thought
2: I, he did at the beginning of the season. And then the we know after, he, ten, after the 10 game mark, he just, hmm.
0: the thing is we know that it's, it's possible. It's there. Yes. Continue.
2: Yeah. Uh, I did say he'd sit down and look, I'm going to be good for the entirety of the season. <laughs> and if he can just be consistent, if he can be consistently average, for the entirety of the season. I wouldn't be upset with him starting. I wouldn't. I'd be okay with Janai Broom moving on to the NBA. And right now, I don't want him to. Uh, and I probably still won't by the time the season starts, unless we pick up some five-star Shaquille O'Neal clone from the portal that just appeared out of nowhere. But, yeah, I think it is a positive uh, statement to the Auburn Tigers that a guy that no one really expected to get drafted right away is kind of popping off and maybe... Maybe those games that he had that we just talked about, how it just didn't look like he wanted to play that night. Uh, he just didn't do do the assignments that he was made for. It, it might not be Auburn using him improperly. It might just be because he wasn't probably ready to play the five as much as he is to play the four. And, well, he's a
0: stretch four by design. Like
2: <laughs> yeah, but he he's never been more of he's I, I don't he's less of more of the four than he is the stretch. You know what I mean? Sure,
0: absolutely. Like I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I'm with you. I just thought it'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah. I, I I do agree. I think it is a, a, it is not necessarily a testament to a dysfunction in the Auburn basketball program as much as it is. Janai Brooms had some off season time to work on some things. He knows what he's got to improve on, and and he's been able. He's had the luxury of talking to NBA scouts and and talking to folks about hey, here's how you can improve on this. Here's what you can do, and 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 has been able to do off season things and improve and get better, and 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 maybe. Maybe this consistency is there right now. It is a small sample size in in this in this G League camp, but I think that actually plays to Auburn's benefit should he return this year, though, because I I do think that that shows that there have been strides made. I don't. It's never been a question about Jani Broom's ability. It's been a question about his consistency. And and maybe that right now he's hitting a stride. And, and yeah. maybe maybe that's maybe that's the case. So I'm with you. I just wanted to kind of uh, pose that question real quick.
2: I wouldn't mind the Thunder drafting him back in the second round because I would love to have Jani Broom on the Thunder rather than uh, Chet Holmgren.
0: You would purchase that jersey about as fast as I purchased the Owen Papo Cardinals jersey.
2: Probably. Uh, I'd also offer some trades for Chet (laughs) Holmgren. I'll I'll literally give you Chet Holmgren straight up for, like, Trey Young. (laughs) I know you're... Ah, Hard pass. Cluncapella?
0: Chet for Jabari straight up.
2: I will take that no matter what. I I wanted Jabari on the Thunder so bad. (laughs) But... I. Don't get me started. About well, another rant podcast.
0: If you're going to do that, you have to do it within, like, the next, I don't know, like, 60 days because I think my um, Jabari jersey, I only have jersey insurance for, like, another few months.
2: Do, do you know who would have been a better pick for a center at the at the two spot?
0: Yeah, I, I can think of a guy. He may have made the all-defensive team.
2: He might have been the second, uh, finished second behind Paolo Banchero and the NBA Rookie of the Year award. Rookie of the Year.
0: Yep. Yeah. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk baseball real quick. All right? Okay, then. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> let's let's go over to baseball and, and talk about Auburn's final regular season series and SEC season to, series, for that matter. Uh, all kind of tied into one nice little ribbon. This weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Thursday as this is coming out, I believe that's 6 p.m. first pitch. Um, for those of you who will be watching that, I'm sure you'll be having two screens. One of my uh, color commentating call of Mercer Sanford, I'm sure that that's what you guys are watching instead of Auburn, um, Missouri. I'm not asking you to do that whatsoever.
2: I'll be on your side here. You got to watch it cuz last time or not last time, the two times before, his first time doing it, he said wild pickle on air and it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, it was retro uh, retrospectively it's really funny. But in hindsight's 2020 like you mentioned earlier. Let's talk Missouri right now. So, Missouri yep. baseball uh on a 3 game win streak. I mean, they they're coming in uh, feeling confident after a, a weekend sweep over Georgia, another team that's kind of been struggling in the SEC, but still don't let – you, know, you know the age-old saying, don't let the boys get hot. And 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 whenever a team in, – specifically in baseball and diamond sports, when they're, when they're feeling it, they don't care about logic. And uh, that's – there's no team more dangerous than that, except for maybe a team like Auburn, who's on a little bit of a win streak of their own. <laughs> but that's all that to say. Auburn will play host of a Missouri in a three-game set. Missouri on the year, 30 wins, 20 losses, 10 and 17 in the conference, a winning conference record, or even 500 is officially off the table for the Tigers. And let's not forget, this is a tough league to win in. So like take do with that as you will. How important is it for Auburn to win in this series, excuse me, in this season, regular season, that is with a series win Dylan. And and, and how does that get done? I think there's a larger part of this than just beyond the analytics, but I want to get your take.
2: I mean, it, it's huge. Cause if you go it, if Auburn's what on a four series, win streak
0: four four straight sec series.
2: Yeah. And you near know, mind you, you know, the last time this team gave up 10 runs in a game,
0: Alabama Mississippi
2: it. a little bit closer at Mississippi state, but it was a month Great. ago. Okay. At, uh, almost a month ago to the dot. And if you go before then, I, it was a, thing that happened regularly
0: routine basis kind of the ordeal yeah, yeah
2: If it's like if 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 you're like a coach that likes to take overs and unders you take the over on the other teams uh
1: sure
2: yeah all the time uh I, and I, especially if you were the coach of the team you'd be like well maybe i can go ahead and just take the uh, over on my own team
0: a little pete rose action <laughs> betting on your own team yeah
2: maybe. betting against him uh one coach in the sec did this here
0: uh you <laughs> he went there I so, the ball you, and you swung at it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'd be huge, especially if, if you can keep this pitching staff in general, just doing what they've been doing. Just keep doing what you've been doing uh, and good things will come. And you got Hoover in two weeks and nothing would make Hoover seem that much easier to grab a hold of than to finish on a five series win streak. And the bats are always hot. The bats are always there but can the pitching staff stay like they were? And I think all you have to do is sell your soul for a Thursday night
0: win. <laughs> you want me to say sell your soul for a Thursday night win just so often, you, you have, have to. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah.
2: I'm not I'm superstitious, but I'm a, a lot. A little stitches. A, a lot stitches actually. A lot <laughs> stitches. Okay.
0: But not quite super. <laughs> okay. I'm going to build off that, uh, exactly what you're saying, actually. And I'm going to use, you know me and my really wild and kind of loose analogies. I'm going to use a basketball <laughs> analogy to – depicts the mental outlook for for this this Auburn baseball team you know when you go play pickup with your buddies and and you're shooting around beforehand and and maybe you're a little frustrated you're not you're not hitting your shots you see one go in and you see a couple more go in you start you know take you take some easy shots you shoot from the free throw line just to see them go through and then you go back and you're you're starting to hit a good amount of your your three-pointers your mid-range whatever Auburn has metaphorically seen the ball go through the hoop now for four straight series and 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 they've got that confidence and they're hot right now. That inherently makes you one of the most dangerous teams in the postseason. Period. Period. You've, you've 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 competed and learned how to. We mentioned on the on the Tuesday show. Learned how to get hit in this league, and that's okay. This pitching staff is starting to realize that they've got a defense behind them. They don't have to pitch to strike everybody out. That's it's pitching for strikeouts is. I, I get inherently that's the goal, but strikeouts don't have to be priority one. They don't always win you games. They can, for sure. But you can absolutely let your defense, l- let them put the ball on the ground in the infield or, or, or pop out of the outfield, and it'll work just the same. This pitching staff seems to have figured that out. And and I don't know what changed, um, what, what Coach Rock did that, that, that has really kind of opened some eyes, uh, or if someone stepped up in that locker room and said, hey, guys, you know we're better than this, but this group has Baseball's a mental sport, and they have gotten their mental right. I mean, there's so much of the game that's mental. If Auburn can continue that approach, like they have mastered over the past four weeks, I know that this is wildly non-analytical, and this is kind of all interpretive here, but I'm serious. Logic to hell with it. Who needs it? I mean, there are teams at the at every level of the game. I mean, I'm wearing the 2011 Braves World Series, uh, 2011, 2021 Braves World Series champions shirt. This team didn't make sense. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 they weren't the most talented team. They just figured it out at the right time. And, and, and that happens a lot in baseball. So it's it, it's imperative that they continue that mindset. And remember that, like, it's do or die. Like, every, treat every game like it's, like it's your last game of the season. And, and I think that Butch Thompson is pretty good at conveying that to his guys. All right. Diamond sport team that is headed to the postseason this weekend. Auburn softball, we kind of hinted at it earlier in the show. Maddie Penta Revenge Tour. That is a terrifying sentence for anyone that's not an Auburn fan. Dylan, how big of a role can Maddie Penta play this weekend, and can it be any bigger than we've seen her play this
2: year? Uh, I think uh, this is probably the biggest role that she's going to have to get on throughout the entirety season. You talk about how you you got to Auburn Baseball that they need to treat every game against their last game. Softball is in that mindset because that is the case right here any game can be their last game and you're going into a subway regional and you have to travel to it and Auburn softball should not be traveling to their regional they, they should be outside. hanging
0: out at south they should be eating at the at the wellness kitchen for dinner and going to going to bed at South Don not at a freaking Hampton
2: exactly but instead they now have to go to South Carolina who is refusing to give tickets to other fans besides their own so that's always fun
0: losers <laughs> but nah, yeah, I, you know, that, that's that's loser behavior, by the way. That is yeah. so just bullshit.
2: But we talk about how every game, what Auburn needs to do to win, and it was you need to stay consistent, uh, batting one through nine. Well, now the NCAA has rightfully so, uh or probably wrongfully so for them, pissed off every batter from one to the pinch hitter. To Maddie Pinta, who can also uh, rake from what we from what we've heard. Direct
0: quote from Brielle's:
2: <laughs> I mean, Matty Pinta might just come in and hit a, hit a grand slam just just in spite of everybody else. But yeah, uh, they this is going to be a tough outing, strictly because you're not playing at home. I I, I have to go crunch the numbers real quick. As in, I'm just going to scroll up real quick. Auburn has been very very good at home this season. Twenty six and four is the record. Away eight and seven, neutral site six and six. And I think for your first game, it's gonna be more of your neutral site game. And then if Clemson beats UNC, then you have your you have an away game. You have to stay on it, play angry, maybe not too angry, but play frustrated, play frustrated at least,
0: and keep rip, keep your rip. head
2: on your shoulders.
0: Absolutely. And just to preview Cal, Cal Fullerton real quick, it's not a bad softball team at all. I mean, the 30. 33 and 19 on the season, 20 and 7 absolutely dominating their conference. This is this is a team that can put up runs and and their, their collaborative team batting average is 254 on the season, OBP 342, slugging 357, but they've lost three straight. And they've not spent a season playing the competition that Auburn has. I know that is such a homer the thing that I do and I, and I do this a lot and people get on to me about me saying the SEC is the best conference and in, uh, in, in, in intercollegiate athletics, damn it, they it, it is. If if it, if there's a more competitive conference as as a general whole, by all means, show me. If there's a more competitive conference in college softball, for the love of God, someone show it to me.
2: If it's not rowing or hockey, it's the SEC.
0: And it, well, college softball's just the, the SEC is the pinnacle of college softball, plus Oklahoma. Exactly. Which guess what? Guess where they'll be?
2: <laughs> in about a year and a half.
0: In about a year and a half time. And there's, a, there's a reason. And, and Oklahoma will still continue to be the perennial powerhouse. They will become the, the team that everyone's chasing in the SEC, and that's fine. But I think Auburn softball is built for this moment. I think that after last year, they, they left Clemson with a bit bitter taste in their mouth. And this group's been there before now. They they, 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 know. they you know. There was a young, huge freshman class last year, which inherently means there's a huge sophomore class this year. But this group gets it. They They know how to go about this now. The moment's not too big. And they've got a chip on their shoulder. Dude, I, 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 folks, I like Auburn to get out of the regional. I, I do. I, I really do. So all that to say, um, should be really exciting Friday night at 530 Central Time.
2: Oh, for sure. And, uh, I mean, if Auburn can get out of here, uh, what are the chances they host the Super Regional?
0: None. Oklahoma.
2: It gets straight to Oklahoma? No yeah.
0: Re- you would go play the
2: Sooners. Oh, great. Love the Sooners. Anyway. Um, for the first five minutes of that game, if Auburn, win, if Auburn makes it that far, knock on wood, uh, mute the TV because they're going to mention <laughs> the 2016 College World Series.
0: Over and over and over.
2: So just play it on mute or plan a little family road trip to go. Or. Not, you're going to hear about it.
0: <laughs> or join us. And then I'll go ahead and sound like a fan here because I really don't care. Join us in the praying on Oklahoma downfall. Uh, agenda. Who
2: says no? Uh, I say yes.
0: I I would agree. All right. I'm here. So at by here, Sutar tar on the bird app. I'll be back when I'm back. If you guys want to hang out with me on ESPN plus tonight, as the show is coming out it's Thursday installment, I will be on ESPN plus calling Mercer versus Sanford baseball. That is at 6 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Central. We'd love to have you guys hang out um, and tweet at. I guess, tweet at Mercer baseball but you know what? Maybe I'll download my, my the app for the, for the, for the game tomorrow. Cause I usually get one or two questions. Uh, and hit, hit me with your best baseball questions um, about the bigger picture or SOCON baseball if that's something you're interested in. I know we probably have an overlap, Dylan, of fans that are Sanford fans and, and Auburn fans. I know that that's a pretty significant overlap. So come hang out. Like I said, that'll be on ESPN Plus, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Otherwise, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Love on one another. Be, be good. Dylan, always good at hanging out with you. Get us out of
2: here. I'm Dylan Lark at your boy, The Tank on Twitter. Also catch me on Auburn Daily Show where I actually forgot to record today with Andrew Stefaniak. You just realized yeah just realizing this. Go watch the Monday edition where I was uh chilling out by myself. Uh and catch me next week uh when hopefully I remember to text Andrew to record on Wednesday. Also catch me on here every Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday where I have yet to visit a show and I don't plan on it because I love talking to all of you out there listening. And catch me at TikTok. Yeah, yeah, go watch the TikTok. Uh, TikTok may, did me dirty. They unsynced my audio to the video. So it looks like I don't know what I'm doing. But I do. I did it in four takes.
0: 300 subs and Daniel Locke does a TikTok dance. 500 subs and our intern does a TikTok dance.
2: And Bagman has to do it. Bagman. And, oh, we. I think we hit the picket for him, right? I think that's how it goes. He's an, an intern. boss? Yeah. But, yeah, if you want to listen to us, you guys on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And if you want to follow us on social media, you guys on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But, sadly, again, no MySpace. But, granted, 500 subs. Con gets to do a little dancey dance on on TikTok. 1,000 subs. And we will be on MySpace posting it there, too. So, <laughs> Such a get us to 1,000 one. subs. A great bit. Uh, verbal meme actually But, but yeah all that being said this has been the college loop podcast